speed, defense, clutch hitting, big time pitching. Dave Roberts pulling the strings and making right call after right call out of the bullpen. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another edition of Happy Hour with Ryan. I'm your guest, Ryan. You know, the hype guy, the hype man. So, a uh, big, big, big win for the Dodgers. Uh, finally winning the World Series. Um, had This was their third World Series in the last five years. Um, came up short against Houston and then Boston last year. Uh, just incredible. Put it all together. Uh, nice to see them get a win um, and win the World Series uh, championship. Uh, second time in history this happened. So City of L.A. has now two World Championships. Lakers winning uh, about 17 days ago or so. So uh, Clayton Kershaw finally wins a ring. Um, Mookie Betts comes over from the Red Sox, provides some... Um, a much needed uh, assistance for the team. Uh, I think, like I said, they, they pulled it all together. Um, just exceptional. Uh, Corey Seager is your MVP uh, for the World Series. Uh, my grandma was a huge uh, Los Angeles Dodgers fan, and, and she was alive um, when they won the last one in 88. Uh, Tommy Lasorda, if you remember him, he was on the I believe the Slim Fast weight loss program, but uh, he was the last manager uh, to win a World Series for the Dodgers. So congratulations to the Dodgers on winning the World Series. Uh, pretty awesome to see that. Uh, definitely going to get some swag here pretty soon. Oh, wow. Uh, Dismal Dallas is what they're calling it. Um, this is probably the worst I've seen the Cowboys ever, probably. Um and I think it starts at the top. Um, no matter what anybody says, Jerry Jones, he's at fault. And I really wish he would step down. My personal opinion, probably some may agree, some may disagree. But he is doing such a disservice. Uh, he even got into it with uh, one of the radio hosts there in Dallas, asked him a question. He went off on them, later apologized. Uh, he did release um, one of the players on the team and Supposedly, there's speculation that he released him because he was one of the guys that need during the national anthem. Uh, Jerry just needs to get his uh, own head of his ass and, and just give it up, give up the team and, you know, or, or maybe just sign checks, I guess, so to speak. Uh, that's what a lot of people are saying, because as far as everything else, seems like he's he's messing it up, in my opinion. Um, but also, you know, he did bring in Mike McCarthy uh, had been in the playoffs um, I can't remember how many times, probably eight or nine of the last, th- you know, out of the 13 seasons he was there in Green Bay. And I know Dak went down with the injury, but it's just crazy how lopsided this season is. And not just us, just in our division, but to post a, I believe we're now two and five or two and six record, it, it's, it's crazy to see all this going on. And we haven't reached out to Colin Kaepernick, although I don't know if he'll ever play for an NFL team again, but even in the beginning, we never reached out to to get somebody like him, uh, you know, that was really good, but, uh, you know, Jerry's going to keep using his pride to get in the way, and I think that's costing the team, honestly. Uh, just, just ridiculous how this is going on, and 
it was really funny. I saw a, a guy that posted on a, uh, a friend of mine's page and said that he was just he was just so unhappy with what everything is going on and so disgusted. And basically, he said they've been sorry since Jimmy Johnson's left, which is true. Jimmy Johnson stood up to Jerry Jones. He said it's basically, you know, Jerry Jones always says, or, or it seems like he puts out there, it's my way or the highway. And Jimmy Johnson said, no, you're not going to push me around. And look, we got two back-to-back Super Bowls. We did win a third in the 90s. But, I mean, Jimmy Johnson had a great team. And he knew how to recruit. He knew how to coach. Uh, his accolades speak for themselves, which are prodigious. Um, so, I don't know. Um, they said they're probably going to give McCarthy another chance next year, but I don't know. Uh, Stephen A. Smith thinks he's going to get fired, you know, but I guess we'll wait and see how that kind of pans out there. But uh, anyway, finish up what that guy said on the post. He said basically that uh, they shouldn't uh, elected to put Jerry Jones' ass in the Hall of Fame, which I thought was hilarious uh, just the way it came off. But anyway, uh, that is the way the cookie crumbles. So we will see going forward. We'll probably end up with the top five uh, draft pick there. I do want to mention, uh, oh, great time at Lost 40 this past weekend. Uh, The Rainbow Connection, really good. Uh, Got a hands on some of that. It was really good. Uh, Rainbow Sherbert Ale. But now going into, as they say, spooky season, which is so funny. There's a compilation of that of... Uh, news anchors saying that on YouTube, but uh, they got Imperial Stout. They're coming out with use each year, and they have use a big release party for that. But actually, now it's going to be a pre-sale uh, order only. Uh, so you can now start. Actually, started yesterday, uh, 10 a.m. But they have their website up. Lost 40 uh, Festival of Darkness. You can go there, uh, festivalofdarkness.com, and reserve. Uh, they got different. Uh, selections to choose from as far as you can get a uh, bundle pack. Uh, I believe it's around $99. It's a tote bag. Uh, some of their Naughty Night uh, Imperial Stout and uh, a few other little uh, gifts and gadgets there. Uh, so, again, they're always releasing some of the finest of uh, brew uh, here in Little Rock. Uh, it's one of my favorite. And uh, yeah, it's really, 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 really good. Uh, you really won't go wrong uh, any selection you do have uh, at Lost 40. Great brunch, as, as many of you know, and whatnot there. Well, I'll get to our guest for this week. I know you guys are anxious and waiting. So my cousin, uh, we call him TJ, but Thurman Jones is the guest for episode 23. Uh, we kind of take a look at back his journey. Uh, brought him up here to Little Rock for a short time. Uh, he'll go into why he did leave um, Little Rock, uh, going to school here, and ended up uh, back near home. Uh, he's from uh, Delight, Arkansas, or Delight, as many say. Um, and he's now in Dallas doing really good things for the community. So he's going to come on and um, talk to us this week and kind of let us know what's going on in his world and what he's doing, as I stated, in the community. Uh, Many of you don't know, I'll take this uh, quick moment, and I did tell this uh, story on the podcast. Um, I don't know if I kind of probably ran through it since it was, you know, it was TJ's uh, time to shine on the podcast. But 
I was my first uh, year at UALR. Uh, I was living in the dorms. Uh, so this would have been 2003. And uh, me uh, and Yaron, many of you know him, one of my close friends, and two other guys that were living in the dorms, we decided to walk towards uh, Nightlife Rocks, which was a club down off of University, uh, where now University Plaza is, uh, down on the opposite end, where now the DPS uh, police are now stationed. Uh, we were walking down there, and uh, two guys came and approached us from the side, which didn't see them as we were walking from the dorms, uh, approached us and asked us if we had any cheese on us. Now, take into account that I'm from the country, and first of all, I'm thinking cheese, like it didn't even really dawn on me. Um, one, I only remember hearing that growing up that 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 phrase or that term and two and i'm just kind of laughing deep down i'm like what in the heck are they talking about so we get out we keep walking we get in front of the dsc student center and they pull a gun on us uh first time ever that's happened in my life and even still to this day um so they asked what we had on us um and i can't remember I think they got maybe 10 or $20 as far as from the group. Um, and then um, they got our cell phones. So, and they told us basically to turn around and just walk, which it's pitch black dark. And there's a couple cars passing by, and I guess they really just didn't see what was going on, which is crazy. Thought somebody would have got their attention or, you know, mentioned, you know, uh, maybe see what was going on you know with us uh being held at gunpoint like i said it's really really dark so i don't know if anybody can see anything but anyway nonetheless we run back up to the dorms and we're yelling you know uh we get inside and we're saying you know telling the front desk person that's on duty hey we just got robbed we just got robbed and we're telling what's going on so they call dps now mind you uh if anybody knows how uh ridiculous horribly uh and how long it takes for the DPS cops and ULR to get there. But if you um, commit a traffic violation, it's like two or three cops pull you over. I digress from my point. So anyway, uh, by the time we got up there, it seemed like it was almost five, 10 minutes before the DPS cops got up there. By that time, two uh, other students from the Pi Kappa Alpha house, the Pi house that is, had got robbed as well. They got their car stolen. They actually had them on the ground craziness so those two robberies took place probably within the time of 30 minutes and dps by the time they got up there had robbed the other two guys again ridiculous so anyway uh they took our statements and i believe i want to say the next week or two um i'm sleeping just actually got to sleep probably an hour or two earlier and hear a knock at our uh in our suite I'm like, who the heck is this at this time of night? And so um, one of my roommates goes and unlocks the door, sees who it is. And it's one of the front desk people on duty along with, um, and I can't think of his name because he's actually relative to um, one of the former Sigma News at UALR. So Mr. Higginbotham came in there and uh, he said, uh, you Ryan White and I said yes he said well come with me I've got 
a couple of your friends that were with you the night you got robbed. We're going to go down and, and um, pick them, pick these up out of a, a lineup. You're going to look at a book first time again. <laughs> and I think this is the last time I've done this up to this point. So we go downtown and, um, you know, it's so funny because we're riding with, with the deputy and he's like, you know, if that will happen to any uh, one of my daughters or nieces or nephews or whoever, he, he's like, I probably would wring their neck pretty much. So anyway, um, and it's kind of blurry. Mind you, I'm just now waking up. Uh, just went to sleep. It's kind of blurry, you know, cobwebs or whatever. So I'm looking through the lineup and successfully, I guess, soon pick, picked out the two guys that uh, that had robbed us. And so one of the guys had had um, a, I think he was accused by rape. Um, here at uh, a park here in Little Rock and then all the other stuff attached, you know, uh, robbery, theft, grand theft auto, you know, all that's on his record now. So we're going down the day of the court date to testify. And I remember either, I, be I believe I called you, Ron, and I said, well, where is everybody at? Where are you guys? I'm down here, you know, and everything. And he said, oh, you know, you didn't know. And I said, no, what? So basically, the guys confessed. Uh, they pled guilty uh, right before the trial. So all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, we did it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I don't even know where these guys are. Probably won't ever see them. But uh, it's just crazy. And, you know, just like that, uh, my life could have been taken. So from then on, and, and, and TJ attested this, you know, while he's telling his story, you know, you never take life for granted. So I'll leave you with that. But uh, up on deck next on Happy Hour with Ryan is my cousin, Thurman Jones. TJ in the house. TJ. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, man? What's going on, cuz? <laughs> Can't call it. Can't call it. Dude, I like this. I like the little setup with the anchor. I like that, man. Man, it is Phenomenal. Let me tell you, I was on, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, but Podbean, I was with them for the last, well, first two years, and this is going on my third year, uh, but it just wasn't distributed enough amongst, like, different platforms. Now, Anchor pretty much walks you through, like, tutorials, and then they send it out, and they just got a um, contract with Spotify. Nice. can add songs in. Nice. Sorry about that. Yeah, man. Nice. Nice, dude. Can you do me a Actually, uh, have like a mini studio out here. So, can you hear me okay? Does the acoustic sound okay? Yeah, this... man, it sounds great. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, man, uh, uh, how's it been going? You're in, you're in Dallas now, right? Yeah, man. Um, I'm in Dallas, brother. Um, yeah, actually live close to Denton, Texas. But okay. uh, how's it going out there so far with everything? I guess everything's pretty about the same, but. Yeah, man. Um, COVID, you know, you know yeah. we're going to have, uh, you know, numbers that are kind of going to go up. But for the most part, everybody's safe and everybody's doing good, man. So we're super excited. Good deal. Good deal. Man, so, so I kind of want to start with your, your journey uh, to Dallas, but uh, let's kind of start at the beginning. Uh, uh, D-Light, Arkansas, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I uh, grew up in a super small town in uh, southwest Arkansas. Uh, called uh, delight or delight on depending on how you right 
Um, the only thing that Little Town is known for is being home of Glenn Campbell, um, one of the pioneers of country music and um, great little place. And it had maybe like 400, 500 people growing up, man. So awesome place to grow up. And um, home of the Bulldogs, man. Shout out to the boys, man. Shout out to the, shout out to the kids. And, and it's crazy because I, a couple of things like, you know, I went to school in the Queen. But some people say D Queen or the Queen, and then you know we had Colin Ray was from there, country music um, star. So that's right, that's right, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of going hand in hand there. So, uh, man, and if I remember, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, did your sister write a paper, if I'm not mistaken, on ants and want a trip to Hawaii, or did I get that wrong? Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember oh, mom, we just bragging, we were bragging like, oh my gosh. I just like for my first thought was like first of all that's that's impeccable that's awesome but man just too much of wild people with that yeah <laughs> forgot you didn't know I was gonna bring that up yeah man no I was like holy crap I legit forgot about that no yeah, yeah. so she did so she wrote a paper it actually was for um, it was in two thousand um, for the millennial dreamers for Disney. And wow. essentially what you would do was you wrote about how um, you inspired your community in some compassion. Um, and they, she, we grew up in doing 4-H. Um, so a lot of people, okay. yeah, so a lot of people knew like 4-H is like, you know, working with cows and horses and all that stuff. But there's so much more that 4-H, you know, consists of. Um, and her, part of the environment and stewardship was like fire ants and like kind of what they were doing. And at okay. this time, man, fire ants really haven't had, hadn't truly migrated mm -hmm. all the way in the United States yet. Like some parts okay. had them and it was, it was new, man. It, it was new. So she wrote about how, you know, they destroyed, you know, different uh, other colonies of certain ants, like the little black mm -hmm. ants that eat them and, you know, attack them and, the whole night as well. Our 4-H leader, she sent this over to, um, you know, to be submitted for Disney and just yeah. her overall her overall impact of the community. And yeah, they selected her out of two thousand people. Legit. Wow. Man, that, that that's incredible. So, did did you get to go to the trip? Uh, it was a trip for four, or heck yeah, it was a trip for four. Uh, <laughs> your boy was in there. I was like, man, says one of the best things. Like you talking about, yeah, putting the city on your back. Um, like yeah, to go to Disney for free is awesome. Um, mm -hmm. but uh, yes, it was a family four. So my mom, um, and my aunt and my my sister and I, we went, and uh, man, we stayed for a full physical week. I actually got a chance. To meet, um, well, I didn't meet her per se, but Destiny Child was there. Um, wow, this is okay. four members. Look out, mm -hmm. yeah, yep. yeah. This is this this is before Michelle. Um, uh, took the took the third spot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, Destiny Child was there. Um, they had some other performers, man. And uh, my sister was a huge Instinct fan, and so she thought at that particular time, like Disney was gonna possibly bring out, you know. Um, yeah, in sync, but they brought out a group called Youngstown. Um, and if you, okay. yep, I remember they were Youngstown, they had the Inspector Gadget look, yeah, yeah, so yeah, man, they were hot and uh, at that particular time, man, and uh, they they brought them out, so yeah, small, small, man, girl. 
that's really cool because because pop man around that time was really really big in the nineties man it was really big yeah 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 and that, yeah. and I feel like now like the younger generation the generation is like thirteen to twenty one or even twenty three mm-hmm. like they're bringing that sneaker <laughs> back so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man that is that 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 is awesome man that is fantastic um and so. Uh, you, you finished high school. Uh, what was on the horizons? Did you know what you wanted to do after uh, high school as far as, you know, where do you want to go to college or what you want to pursue as a career? Yeah, well, I mean, did I – oh, man, did I know what I wanted to do when I mm-hmm. – like, high school, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, yeah. I, knew, I knew in some way I wanted to get back to the community. I knew um, mm-hmm. I wanted to ultimately be like a motivational speaker. Like I – that, right. that is something that just uh, has always driven me to to motivate mm-hmm. people to be better um and and so I knew I wanted to kind of go that route but um honestly no man I, I I knew college was um the next step right progression of getting out of school and and um I applied to a couple of universities uh throughout um you know throughout Arkansas but um something kind of told me internally like hey you know go and get your basics done. And so I decided to go to National Park Community College um, in Hot Springs and, um, yep, uh, finished up there. And, uh, yeah, the one I wound up going to Euler, uh, University of Arkansas at Little Rock. Um, yep. And I went there for literally three weeks and um, <laughs> I got robbed. Um, for, I, I was hoping, yeah, I was wanting to bring that. Uh, I was gonna come bring my kind of segue into that next, yeah, because I, I, my first year up here, that happened to me, yeah, like so. So, kind of take us through that, man, because I know, and you know, we're from the country, so I'm, I mean, it, it was almost, I don't want to say life changing experience, but it's one of those things you'll never forget, and yeah. I mean, that was my first semester, first year, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, so. Man, it's it's wow! It's been and I can't believe it's been almost twelve years ago, yeah, uh, yeah. or longer, right? It had this happened back mm-hmm. in um, two thousand and um, two thousand and seven. So, okay, so um, yeah, so basically, what I did was I was working at night, and I you know through college I paid my way um, working at Chili's. Um, being a bartender, being a server, and I worked there and all that fun stuff. And um, I transferred to the Little Rock location, so they had me kind of training for a couple of nights. And and one particular night, I, I'd hit the floor, and I was coming back home, and I saw these three dudes walking. Now you got to understand, at this particular time, uh, yeah. Hurricane Katrina hit, Hurricane Rita with the truck, mm-hmm. so everything at the Superdome right was now being shuttled. And shuffled around to different cities. So keep that in mind. So now I am uh, working in Little Rock, brand new location. Really don't know the area now. I knew Little Rock has a certain reputation that hey man, you gotta yeah. really keep your wallet on you, and it's very um, mm-hmm. crime gang related uh, in yeah. certain areas, right? So I, I, I knew yeah. that was always in the back of my mind, but. Anyway, I got through it, and then my apartment complex was literally in a nice area, so it wasn't, you know, in the hood. Yeah. So I go, I I actually go into, um, I get home, make a long story short, I get home, mm-hmm. I uh, get ready to go back out, because I'm like, hey, man, I got a lot of cash on me. So at this 
short yeah. time. I had I had saved up a little bit of money. I had been working a couple of shifts, and I knew that hey, if anybody kicked my door in, I said, hey man, they'll make out pretty nice. So I said, well let me, let me just go put my money in the bank. So I'm just telling you go put my money. In the bank. Right. So I do mm. on the way coming back home. I see these three dudes walking up a hill, like kind of close to my apartment complex, but they walk up the hill. Yeah. My spidey sense. I don't know if this like this tingling sensation was like, hey dude, watch out for these three. Like just just watch out for them. it could be harmless. I don't want to race the profile. Anybody right. like, watch out. So I, I go, I get it ready to get um get out of my car. I'm walking to my car. Money's already deposited. I'm going back from my car, going into my house, and I hear, hey. And I'm like, oh my God, here we go. Like, yeah, yeah you already yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, you know what? Just keep walking. Keep walking. This particular time, shout out to the ex. I did have her dog. So my ex and I broke up. Um, but she lived in the college dorm, so she couldn't have a dog. So I had a I had her basically I had her dog staying with me and she would come up and feed him on the weekend or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I just get in the house, get to the dog, and I'm like, you'll, you'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> and they turn, and again, I heard it, hey, hey, and I was like, dude, just keep walking. So when I started speeding up my walk, I heard them take off running. So, oh, running up on me. and so then I turn around, boom, three guys robbed me at gunpoint. I had, um, they were vice lords from uh, um, Louisiana, um, but I had a 38, I had a 38 in my head, and I had a nine millimeter in my chest. Um, and they literally was like, hey, man, give me your keys and your wallet. And this is what I do remember, Ryan, was I chunked my keys. My adrenaline was so high, um, and I chunked my keys, man. Uh, I was trying to toss it to them, but, dude, I literally mm-hmm. chunked it a good, I don't know, 30-something yards, man. Like, I chunked them. And yeah, all you could see was them looking <laughs> at the keys in midair. <laughs> <laughs> then they turned around, and when they turned around, I remember having one prayer in my head was like, "Lord, if they kill me, bless my family mm-hmm. to find my body." That's all I wanted. That, that mm-hmm. like, dude, mm-hmm. I just want a proper funeral. Like as selfish that is, like I wasn't thinking about anybody else. anything else but that, man. That, yeah, you imagine many things, but yeah, man, I'm, I'll probably be the same. Yeah, yeah, and that whole like life flashes before your eyes, and I was like, yeah, this like yeah. legit. This is gonna be it, and um. Yes, yeah, so turned around and um, and uh, I was like, I was like, dude, my bad. I was like, hey, I was like, hey, I'll, I'll, I even said something like, I'll go get him, like I'll go get him, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And my so so now my dog now yeah, keep in mind my ex's puppy is in the house. This thing, this dog was a Yorkie Schnauzer, and um, okay. I don't know if you ever had a Schnauzer, been around a lot of Schnauzers. They have a very unique high pitch sounding bark, right? So this uh-huh. dog can sense me really outside of my apartment he's going off right he legit is going off and um and he's barking so loud dude he's waking up people because you gotta keep in mind i'm like this is like one in the morning when i'm getting off at work right and so he's barking and like people start turning on the lights and people start so what happened was they were like, man, just give me the keys. Give me your wallet. And really, to this day, dude, I'm like, God was looking out for me, man. Because yeah, Truthfully. Yeah, yeah. dude, because, I mean, he was really waking up yeah. the whole uh, whole, 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 young, uh, the whole uh, neighborhood. And so, yeah, man, I got robbed. 
Um, they took my keys. They took everything. And I remember, um, you know, doing the whole police report. And about two and a half weeks later, they found these guys, man. And unfortunately, they mm-hmm. did, um, you know, go and, and um, actually took a life. Um, and um, Mar- Marville, Arkansas, or Memel, Arkansas, like it's somewhere like up north, Arkansas. Uh, so they actually okay. took a life and and all that fun stuff, but they were you know mm. um, caught eventually, taken to court and all you know and all that kind of stuff. But but yeah, man, that was one of the most traumatic times of my life. And yet, it as traumatic as that sounds, it also lit a spark for me to not mm. take life for granted. Right? So yeah, yeah. Golly, yeah, because that just taken me, and I'll kind of blow through my story real quick. I mean, uh, me and some friends, we were headed to Nightlife Rocks, which was a uh, club around the corner, which is not even, it's no longer there. Uh, actually, they've got DPS right on their university plaza. But we were walking there, and the, and these two guys came, and, and it was almost, it was eerie. They were coming out from, the, the like, a parking deck mm-hmm. area, and they were walking toward us, and and they said, "Hey, you you guys got any cheese on you?" And and, and me and, and me not being street smart, I was like, "Cheese!" And I'm laughing. I'm or laughing, laughing inside. I'm like, "What the heck is he talking about?" And so we get out from the DSC Student Center, and they pull out. Uh, and I remember maybe one of them had a gun, and they got cell phones and ten dollars from a friend of mine, and we ran back up to the dorm, told him what happened, and by the time DPS and in my opinion, that they're they're kind of sorry, exception exception of when they need to do a traffic stop. <laughs> and by the time we had got up there, back to the dorms, ran up there real quick, told them what happened. By the time they got there, they had went and robbed two guys from the Pi Kappa Alpha wow. house. Had them though on the ground. They didn't have us on the They didn't have us on the ground. They had them on the ground. Robbed them. Stole the car. They had some belongings in there. Then they find the guys. Or one of the guys Monday. Uh, down on Broadway, mm-hmm. Little Rock, uh, was at a rallies, and he had that stolen car, and I guess one of the cops m- made him out or whatever, and they wake me up. Um, I want to say Wednesday of that week, and they came to the dorm, and I was like, "What is going on?" And it's it's I just probably went to sleep, and they said, "Well, we need you to come identify it first time ever," and right now that's this is probably I think the up to date for the only time I've done it. And you had to look through, and of course, I'm, you know, you know, when you wake up, and I'm just like, oh man. And we picked them out, and they ended up, um, they pled guilty. They, their trial was coming up the day of. We were headed down there to testify, and they went and pled guilty. Wow. But yeah, and I remember when I was telling my mom about what happened to you, and you know that, and you'll probably get into this as well. When, when your mom took you out of school, and then you went to Henderson, or, or you, you checked out and went to Henderson. And my mom said, well, I should have done that, too, you know, and I'm thinking, well, I definitely wouldn't have met the people and, and still been where I am today. But it kind of makes you think, you know, wow, like they just hit. The yeah. Point, you know? Yeah, man. And I and I always feel like, man, you know, not to say like, you know, the bit, the cliche, like, you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. But I mean, I definitely feel yeah. like, yeah. you know, if for me, you know, again, it is it. It, it was traumatic, right? And then I kind of went on this weird trajectory of wanting to be a state police officer. I don't, I, I've never vocalized oh. that and told a lot of a lot of people, like you know, yeah. like my wife and like you know, 
maybe my close family, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like super vocal of it. But uh, yeah, uh, I, like from that moment, I was like, dude, I never want this to ever happen to anybody else. And I went in like this Bruce Wayne Batman mode. For <laughs> Sure, yeah. sure. Oh, and yeah. I and I was like, I was like, dude, because and and to me, man, like that to me is like, why if I ever put on a badge and a uniform, it's not for class, it's not for it is legit to go out and to be proactive to where we are truly better in the community, man. But um, yeah, it, it did. So I wound up going down uh, or transferring uh, to state and legit, man. And this is and this is the big man working because. The the lady who used to work at my mom, the school that I graduated from, her husband was right. the head um, of the mass mass um, mass media communications department, and so she made mm-hmm. a phone call to him and said, "Hey, I need you to connect me with any and everybody over there because I'm getting him transferred over to Henderson today." And um, yeah. so she did. Now mm-hmm. keep in mind, we're about what three weeks into school, so you really have weeks mm-hmm. and then they cut it off to no more submissions yeah. so so this is so i'm i completed three weeks at euler the fall so that sunday night or monday night or something like that when i got robbed so you gotta cancel i got robbed on a monday night tuesday i'm trying to like huff it and trying to get to the police department and just try yeah. to figure out life because now i have no car and i'm bumming rides with a couple of buddies of mine that i knew and looked so I'm like huffing it and then like my dad comes up finally on like that Wednesday so this is like I got 48 hours to get into Henderson man within 48 hours I was able to enroll so I never had like a orientation and I didn't I I knew of Henderson right because it was like maybe 20 minutes from my house but I really had, had no clue what it was about I didn't know if they had a mascot I didn't know and um and man literally at on Friday at 3.48, I got submitted into Henderson State University. And then I started my classes on Monday. And, and <laughs> it was it was so it was just so fast. And it was such a blur. And um, obviously, you know, I growing uh, working at um, Chili's and Hot Springs, right? Everybody was so happy to have me back. But it was it, it was such a weird, like you left to go to Little Rock with the just goodbye party kind of thing, and like you're back kind of deal. Yeah, so yeah. you know, doing that, like, mm-hmm. hey man, I got I got route to go for it. I'm back kind of thing. It was kind of it was bittersweet, but man, right? Henderson State University, awesome university. That's a home of the Reddies. I wouldn't take it away for anything. Um, actually met a lot of great people down that way. Um, had a chance to pledge. Um, and I and I pledged Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Inc. Um, and uh, man, uh, one of the best decisions of my life. And, and um, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. And brings it full circle. Yeah, that's great. And because c- my mom, uh, she, you know, she 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 graduated from Henderson. She's mm-hmm. a Randy alumni. And then um, so we I did a podcast with Crystal uh, almost two years ago, and. Her dad, uh, yeah, Henderson as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that's mm-hmm. interesting, man. Uh, how, how was college for you? Uh, I mean, you know, you get away from ULR, Little Rock, uh, and you get you lived on campus. No, so I lived, um, I lived in a house, um, maybe about half a mile out of the the 
city. Yes, I lived in I lived in a house, but college was college was fun, uh, or college unique in a sense mm-hmm. of um, you know, I was twenty when I, I yeah I was right at twenty when I came to Henderson. Um, so for me to you know take a semester and just try to reboot right because yeah you know, when I now mm-hmm. keep in mind when I'm going back to Henderson school is really like not on my mind as far as, uh, as, far as like what I ultimately wanted to do right so now I'm like state trooper mode exactly. so I'm like I don't get rest behind I just need to head and wrap this thing up so I can go to state trooper schools because I want to be a cop that's all I knew for like one semester and from there, um, I don't know. I, I kind of took that fall, and I just kind of really stuck to myself. I went to work. I did that uh, kind of song and dance, you know, every single weekend. And then coming into the spring, I was like, mm-hmm. hey, dude, if you're going to be here, be here, right? Like, if you're, if you're yeah. literally yeah. going to be on campus, get to know the people around you. So that's what I did, right? And some, and I mm-hmm. I – wanted to get involved and I knew I love to talk and I knew that I wanted to be part of something bigger. And obviously I had my eyes on fraternities at that particular time too, but I joined their uh, mm-hmm. Henderson state debate team. And from man, I literally learned so much about the art of debate, the art of having a conversation, the art of persuasive conversation, the whole nine yards. And it really taught me how to polish my skill. Um, and just being immersed around that type of environment, that type of energy really brought out a different side of life that I didn't know I had or, or a different talent that I didn't know I had. Uh, and it, it was one of the most beneficial courses and classes I've ever, I ever took. I was on the Henderson debate team for two years, man. So Nice. That's awesome, man. Did did, did you guys uh, travel around uh, the, the the state, or did you go outside of the state? Yeah, man. Um, so we went uh, to obviously, yes, we competed and uh, we competed in Arkansas, but we also went to Louisiana, um, and then there was two that I went to in Oklahoma. But a lot of people went to different, you know, the Florida, the New Yorks, the whole nine yards. But yeah, man, I, I kind of stayed centralized if that made any sense that's fantastic so so and so, so you're getting close um is there any um as far as like job opportunities on the horizon i mean you're getting close to finishing <laughs> graduating uh, <laughs> no so how did that work uh, i see what you're doing here ryan uh <laughs> yeah uh, no man so all right so all right so <clears throat> in this and I, I feel like i'm i'm <laughs> I'm not jading the people, but I really feel like there's so much more in there, right? So I, I'm I'm loving life, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'm loving life. Mm-hmm. So now I pledge, right? So I pledged in 2008. Now I'm like, right. okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. screw it. If I'm gonna pledge and I'm just and I'm gonna do this college life, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the college life. And legit, you know, I did my fair yeah. share at that particular time. I did my fair share for about a good year of like truly partying. Um, and partied and had fun and that sort of thing. And I kind of lost sight of the goal of like, you to be, be a true. Yeah. It, it yeah, do. man. And just <laughs> yeah. being young. And I was like, okay, you're tw- now you're 21. Um, you know, let's go ahead and kind of live it up. So here comes, 
you know, 2009, and I'm like, hey, man, what what's the game plan, right? Are you going to go mass media? Are you going to go communication so you can go on and do something else? Like, you need to pick one. So, man, it I, – I knew I could always fall back on the restaurant. And so what happened was is basically in 2010, I finally graduated. So it took me five, five years, five and a half years almost. Right. Right. Um, But hey, man, a degree is a degree, man. If it took me, I'm at that spot, man. Hey, if it if it would have taken me 14 years to get a a four year degree, so what? Just complete, man. Just yeah. So so I did that. Um, and then shortly after after college, um, I I knew I wanted to either get out of the restaurant or become a manager or do the right do the police thing. So at that particular time, I had I did try out for the Arkansas State Police. Um, did the physical portion very well. It was the written portion that stumped me. Um, and again, if you, if you don't really come from a military background, or if you're already not a cop, there's just certain lingo. There's certain things that you just you won't know, man. I, mean, I don't know how to engage somebody that has two arm gun. Like I, dude, I don't know. I don't even that would even be like yeah. right so like that so i didn't needless mm-hmm. to say didn't pass the state um written part but um if you don't do it then you have to sit out a full physical year like if you don't get it and then come reapply and i was like man that is like at that particular time i was like dude this is so far away i do not want to do that and um i just happened to be walking back through on campus um and i'm walking through the bookstore and I see a girl I used to have a psychology class with, and I'm like, hey, Brittany, like, you know, it's good seeing you. I, you know, I graduated, and she's like, yeah, I'm getting ready to graduate. And I'm like, what are you doing back here anyway? And she's like, um, hey, I work here in the bookstore. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And she said, hey, if you ever looking for something new, uh, come work here in the bookstore. I'm like, Brittany, I'm not going to work at the campus bookstore. Like, no, it's like I'm not doing it. <laughs> and so um the owner of the campus bookstore happened to be there. Um he was a son, um, the Morgans. I don't know if you knew them or know of them, but they own a lot of the campus bookstores throughout the whole state of Arkansas. And he Oh wow. Yeah, it's kind of okay. crazy. Okay. It's kind of crazy. They're they're from Arkadelphia, mm-hmm. but uh he said, Hey man, I need somebody to I need a book buyer. And I said, what, is, what the heck is a book buyer? <laughs> I'm like, what is that, dude? And he's like, hey, by the way, you're, you're the guy that waited on us one time at Chili's. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I'm like, yeah, dude. People were yeah, for you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy, so tell me about the book buyer thing. And he's like, listen, you can make some sick cash. I'm like, all right, I'm in. All you have to do is say, make some sick cash and come in. So... What yeah. a book buyer is basically is what it sounds like. You go to different universities, you, mm-hmm. you have this little handheld little scanner thing, you find books that have value that people are not using anymore, or you know. Um, and so you can make some you can make some good money, man. So I did that. I kid you not, brother, for a year and four months. Um I'll, wow. Yeah, man. Crazy. Yeah, man. Fun fact, yeah, I'll never forget. My first six months on the gig. Um, again, I'm I'm a 1099 contractor, so I'll preface it this way mm-hmm. too. With that, 
But six months in, man, I'll never forget, dude. I made twenty four thousand dollars in six months doing this. Jeez, man, six God. months in, in it, six months. So that's like four thousand a month. Right? Yeah, a little bit more. And then keep in mind, yeah, a little, little bit, bit more. more. And, and keep in mind, you, you said right, but you still have to pay for your gas. You still have to pay for your hotel. You still have, to, you know. Yeah, they're coming out. Coming yeah, out. man. But uh, <laughs> I was like, dude, this is intoxicated, man. So, and so that yeah. shot me on a on a cool trajectory. Now I'm traveling, so I, I'm loving I'm loving the travel portion. Mm-hmm. I get a chance to travel. Not only do and now I'm out, I'm out of the state, so I'm traveling to Tennessee. I'm in Nashville. I'm in Memphis. Um, I'm in Mississippi. I am all over the board. Dude, I'm in Indiana. I'm in Indiana. You're living the life, man. Like, somebody like that would, would probably just be so much engaged in doing that. Just yeah. Just look, yeah. You know? and, and I was I was still kind of <laughs> right in that mode of, you know, I look like a college student, right? So, you got to like, I'm walking mm-hmm, around. Exactly. And I have a backpack on, some cargo shorts, and a you know, and a shirt. And I'm walking around, and these people are like, "Oh, hey, yeah, aren't you in my class?" I'm like, "No, actually, I'm here because I'm a book buyer, right?" And so it was it was the craziest thing, man. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved it. I loved it, right? But before, yeah, uh, road gets old. Uh, <laughs> the hotel starts to look the same, and I knew I wanted more. I knew I wanted more. So this is now in 2012. Yeah, man. And I, and I wanted more out of my life. And I sat down on mm-hmm. my bed one night. And this is going into the holiday time. So now this is uh, December 2012. I'm sitting in Illinois, uh, Centralia, Illinois, to be exact. And I'm sitting there. And I'm staying with my cousin who lives up there. And I sat on my bed and I said, dude, what do you want out of life? what do you want man i said what are you willing to do to get more out of life i said because at this point you, you know I, I knew yes the money was good again but i knew i wanted to kind of get out of that and i want to have a career doing something beneficial and so exactly. i said to myself i said all right we're not going to move back to the state of arkansas love it but we're not going to move back uh yeah <laughs> detour <laughs> And yeah. and I said, well, where do you want to go? I, I could have went back to Memphis, Tennessee, um, but I said to myself, I said, try Texas, right? I said, try Texas, and I said, you have you have a fraternity, you have fraternity brothers who live in Austin, you got a family who live out kind of in the mm-hmm. DFW, you met DFW, That's and right. so yeah, I yeah. I uh, I called one of my I called my Aunt, ironically enough, is the same aunt who who went to um, the Walt Disney trip with us, right? So, yeah, small, small, world, right? So, yep. she, mm-hmm. I call her up and I'm like, "Hey, auntie, hey, can I come and uh, stay with you for a couple of weeks and figure it out?" And she said, "Nephew, take as long as you would need, uh, you know, to come down there, man." So I did, mm-hmm. and um, the first couple couple of weeks or a couple of months I would say just trying to get acclimated to the whole Dallas Metroplex. It took a little bit. 
Uh, you know, and everything was just mm-hmm. kind of, yes, you're like 20 minutes, you're 20 miles away from everything, but 20 miles here can be an hour. And sometimes if you hit the track wrong, so just trying to figure out stuff like that, the logistics of it all. And uh, man, I've been make a long story short, dude, I've been in Dallas and the Metroplex for seven years now, man. That man, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and I kind of remember briefly you heading out there. Um, what, and what, what company are you now with? Uh, cause I can't, I can't, I know my mom has asked me before. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you do for that. Them, is so the speak, million but... dollar question. What does this guy do? <laughs> um, so what I do now, I would like to say I have two gigs. Um, one, I would say, okay. uh, first and foremost, the most important thing to me, man, is now you know God has blessed me to be a minister. Um, I have been shout out to Line of Judah Ministries. Shout out to the team. Uh, been a, been a minister yeah. uh, for the past six years. Um, the cool part about ministry is I knew God called me into ministry a long time ago. Even in my boneheaded mistakes and getting out there in the world, I knew God was tugging in my heartstring for that. And that is another show at another time, man. I would love to. Um, I would love to tell you about you know how that got in there. Definitely, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I so what I do for a living essentially, man, is I'm a talent acquisition um, per, person for a uh, for a um, essentially a staffing agency. So we broker deals with major clients, and then we essentially just place them there, where wherever the need is, whatever they need help with, we put them. And so, right, um, that, that's essentially what I do, and I've been doing it for the past five years. Um, I love it because, again, it's making an impact, making a difference in the community. Uh, and it's really mm-hmm. hit home, especially during this pandemic, right? Cause... Oh, de- most definitely. Yeah. So many people with, I mean, jobs shutting down and they're just trying to get back on their feet and just so many. Yeah. Have yes. and, and it's and it's the weirdest thing because, I, I you know, kind of and I'm telling somebody about this um, not too long ago. It. it it affected everybody on so many levels, man. And we saw corporations that had people, whether you were there for a year, six months, 20 years, 30, like you had to stay home or they closed the company. And it was something so unprecedented, un, so uncommon um, that, yeah, you know, you didn't know how we were going to rebound. We didn't know how we were going to stay afloat. And, it made me really assess my job to go, hey, man, when you go to these people and you're telling them what you can do for their organization to help them get there to the next level and, hey, we'll help you bring yeah. talent in at this level and this and that, like, you have to deliver on that. And I know sometimes, especially in the sales organization, you can over you can oversell it and under under deliver, right? But you love what you do, man, and you really mm-hmm. take what you do. You want to rise yep. to the occasion. And for me, when I'm talking to people on an everyday basis, mm-hmm. um, and essentially understanding what their needs are, and I hear their kids, um, you know, in the background, I hear tears, them trying to fight back tears because they 
been at this organization for 15 years and they love what they do and and it just it's just unfortunate that they just shut mm-hmm. the door like man Brian I tell you man there were so many nights man it 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 literally woke me up out of my sleep because man I was like dude through hell mm-hmm. and high water brother I'm going to try to help these guys man in some capacity I'm going to yeah. try to help these guys get there man and you got to understand everything that I'm doing, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm consulting the big man. Upstairs. I'm like, God, help me help them. Hey, dude, you're just one person. You can't really, can't really do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at him, man. You, you know, and it's all right. The enemy's always going to come in, man. But I, I, I will tell you, man, um, right. we've helped a lot of people, brother. I'll put it that way. We, we've helped a lot of people kind of rebound through this mini pandemic and, and hopefully, you know, the world will kind of get a grip on, um, you know, fixing this, making a vaccine and getting back to normal. And I think we're starting to see the waves well, down here in Texas, for sure. We're starting to see more and more people reopen up businesses and, and people are getting back to some type of normalcy, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, and I kind of wanted these last two two segments here, um, man. Um, in in so much going on, um, you know the pandemic. Uh, but the big thing, and I was listening to what you were saying about you know want to be a cop and everything. Yeah, man, there's so much social injustice out here. Um, man, I guess one of my questions is how do we become a better nation community, and then. Uh, I don't know yeah. what are we lacking. Um, I know it's like probably a broad subject, and 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 I've I've kind of asked some of my my guests that I've had on, you know, and and they gave me different answers, kind of sent around about around the same thing. But man, we just we just got to do better. Yeah, man, that's so a good question, and I, I won't try to get so long with it, man. First and foremost, we um, <laughs> we have to be able to understand where everybody's at, right? I, I think this is a farce to go, mm-hmm. hey, man, um, I understand your struggle because I understand your struggle. Listen, we're all going to have different biases on stuff, man. I, I can never sit down at a table and tell you what it's like yeah. to be a 50-year-old white man in America. And and you can get a 50-year-old white man in America. Can, mm-hmm. He'll never tell you what it's like to be a 30- or 20-year-old black male in America, right? And it's not – and, and to me, mm-hmm. it is about being able to come to the table to understand – why we're trying to fix something that we don't even understand why it even happened the way it did. And you can blame it on slavery. You can blame it on um, low economics. You can blame it on like, like there's so many variables that you can blame it on. And there's so many variables that have played away uh, that, that have, you know, uh, played its part into why we're still fighting the, what we're doing now. But ultimately people miss out on this one step here. And I'm not trying to get all philo- theological and mm. philosophical in there or anything like this. But the Bible says is that we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And if we just got back to that, if we just got back to just loving people the way and treating them the way we wanted them to, we would want them to treat us, mm-hmm. dude, we would solve these, this problem, man of a uh, systemic racism, low economic status, all this stuff, man, we will be able to solve it if we truly, genuinely looked after each other, loved each other the way we're supposed to, man. It, it, would, it would change so much. 
Yeah, man, it's 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 like it would be a ripple effect because and and me and my wife talk all the time, you know, and it you know it's just like people are even afraid to just engage with with someone, you know, they don't really know. And like you said, I feel like that's the basics and get back to the, you know, forefront of that because, and then, and I know a lot of it, what it is, is too many people are too comfortable. Yep. Yep. Um, and a lot of people, and a lot of people, I don't know, and, and when, when George Florida and God rest mm-hmm. his soul, when, when all that went down in the media, um, I mean, it shocked, it shocked the nation. I mean, yep. it, it it shocked the nation. But prior to that, um, I was sitting, I was sitting at my kitchen table, I was reading my Bible, and I I saw I don't know, somebody had a picture of um of a guy hanging on a noose. Mm. And uh, it was a it was a uh, it was an African American person who had that on there, and they were like, Man, this is this is about to happen again. The good old boys coming and and so I saw that picture and I and I don't know, it just kind of resonated with me. And so I started, for whatever reason, I started looking up, Googling blacks who had been lynched. And, um, oh, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm Googling this. And I, I wasn't, I, yes, I was mad because obviously there's, you know, somebody dead hanging there. I don't care if they're oh, yeah. black or brown. Like they're dead. Like that was a senseless crime. And I'm very upset about that from that standpoint. But it, the weirdest thing happened. So I'm, I'm going through these pictures. I happen to stop on this little, uh, this is one picture of this black guy hanging in the forest, and there's a little girl holding a teddy bear. Mm. Little girl, nine years old. Yeah. So I take this photo. I say, I download it. I save it. Boop. Now I put this now as my profile picture on Facebook, and I and I'm sitting here reading my Bible, and someone's like, "Hey, dude, put that up there." And this is before George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, Thurman, you've been hacked. Um, and I and not only do that, like I put like four or five pictures up at this point. I'm like, hey, dude, if you're gonna do it, do it big. So I put exactly. like four or five pictures. And I don't know if you can recall that or not, but like people are like legit, like Thurman, are you okay? Right? I do remember people calling in and you you posted a video on Facebook, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you yeah. and yeah. yeah, yeah, man. And you uh you know, if you get a chance, if anybody ever listens to this. Follow, you know, go go and check out what I said, man. Because because what I what I was what what I was trying to show was not the fact that the black man was hanging in there is that look at the little girl and the psychology behind why is this little nine year old girl okay with seeing a seeing somebody dangling from a tree? Mm-hmm. Where do you become so desensitized? To where you can eat, number one as a parent go you know come on honey let's go see who they hung right or this little girl's not scared she's not frightened she's holding her little teddy bear and I'm like man she this is everyday life man yeah and 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 for me the message was that I'm trying to throw out there it's like hey dude if we don't start caring and having apathy for people. Or empathy for people, not apathy, but empathy for people. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be this little girl when when we don't care about our neighbors. We'll look at something horrific and go, "Sucks for them," and we'll keep going with our TikToks and our and our Facebooks and our Instagrams and our everyday life. And I'm like, dude, that's where 
we have got to slow down as a nation and go, hey, man, why are we still having these problems? Why do you still feel that way? Why are we still here? And it's not just black. It's not just white. It's everybody. Man. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. We And we were out uh, for my wife's uh, birthday. Um, and, and it was a couple months ago. And, and one of our friends, um, her stepdaughter was asking us on certain things about, and I can't remember what it was, but she got educated. You know, she did not know. Um, and, and there was a couple of things. There was an incident that happened there and then uh, incident we were just talking about in general. And I feel like, you know, and I hope we would have thought our generation would have to go through this, what we're doing with the protests and the marching and everything. But hopefully, man, like, you know, Dr. King's dream with the next generation, like your kids and, and you know, if I'm blessed to have children and then my, and our friends' children won't have to deal with that when they grow up. You know what, man? And I, as much as I would like to say yes, and they they won't. They will. Yeah, yeah. And and the and the reason and and, I, and again, I feel like if we get if we get there quicker with that, I think we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll be able to make some true true changes. And here's the only way this is again is the only way this is really going to change. In my honest opinion. This is my opinion. I'm not right. I'm no. I'm no civil leader. I, you know, again. But what I can tell you from a spiritual standpoint is that when you take the big man out of the equation, mm-hmm. our everyday foundation, our everyday basis, our our how we treat our fellow man. When we take God out of that equation, we're we're headed down for a down a downward spiral, and then. The enemy is always planting seeds. Mm-hmm. For as much as educating on our, uh, you know, we have, and look, I will say this is one beautiful thing I will say about America. And again, I will never do, I'm very adamant about not destroying and defacing the communities and the towns that you live in. I understand about protesting, I understand having a voice, I understand being able to, um, you know, protest peacefully, but destroying your community, man, and literally putting yourself in an economic burden and a crutch. I am not for that, man. And I, and I don't care if it's Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives, Polka Dotted Lives. I don't give a rest about who it is. I'm not, yeah. you know, my, my, as a minister of God, dude, I don't care if you're white, black, or brown. I'm, I'm not going to sway with you because you're just your black. I'm not going to sway with you because you're white. Dude, I'm gonna stand on the side of righteousness, man. I'm gonna look at it from God's perspective because that's the eyes that I have to look at it through, man. And yeah. what I will say is, is that the enemy is planting seeds as much as we have, you know, people making reform changes. And if you look at it, dude, this is literally the first time I can say in United States history where when the protests started. Dude, mm-hmm. you had black, white, polka dotted, dude, you had everybody there. But everybody out there, yeah. America spoke up, man. Like, that's mm-hmm. the big thing that I will say. I know people have their opinions about Black Lives Matter and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know exactly what's going on. You yeah. know what yeah, I mean? But at, mm-hmm. but at the core of it all, dude, we saw America, man. It was men, women, 
ethnicities of all kinds. I mean, everybody was there at the table going, hey, dude, this is wrong. This is wrong. Um, and so to me, that is a, that, that's a flicker of hope, man. That, that's a little lot of hope because I, I really feel like as a nation, we're getting to be to a spot to where, man, we are truly having some reform, man. But, but hey, man, we, we got to, hey, I tell, I tell people, you know, if you're a person of color, man, don't beat up on your white brother and sister too, man. Don't, don't be beating up right. on him, man. Yeah. You, you got to, do. we all got to come to the table. Is, did we yeah. get a chance to hog the buffet because it's our time now. Like, dude, we all got to be able to eat because we all have to get the proper nutrition to be able to grow and strengthen as a, as a, as a country, man. So we got to get there. Yeah, that man, you hit it on all levels there, man. We we, we got to come together. Like I said, you know, if we see something wrong, you, you know, it's one of those things like even if your family, hey, you know, that's wrong. Why are you doing it anyway? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the repercussions of it, man. You know, when you was little, say, hey, don't touch that stove. You touch it. You see what happened, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, man. We 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 gotta have enough food for everybody. Yeah, man. And and yeah, and here's the cool part, man. We got enough room. And if everybody, dude, if everybody stood up to Uncle Earl or stood up to Cousin Mike or stood up to went, went right. And here's the thing: you don't have to be a big time hero when it counts in the office or you see like, dude, do it when everybody's at home. And you're hanging around, and it's Christmas time, and here comes that one joke that you know could rub any and everybody the wrong way. Or if you hear, yeah. if you hear Grandma say something that she shouldn't say, or Grandpa say something that she shouldn't say, you don't get a pass anymore because that's how you were in 1950 and 1960. Like, mm-hmm. man, you don't get passes like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Man, it's, it's a new time. It's a new time, man. And and here's the thing, I. Respecting your elders is one thing, then, and I would never tell you to disrespect your elder or anything like that. But you also, to become a mature adult, that's what maturing of the mind is being able to be able to make a righteous call or make a call of good judgment and wisdom to know, hey, dude, I'm drawing a line right here. If you go past it, hey, man, I, I love you to death, but I can't roll with you that way. If that's how you're going to be, I can't roll with you. And Either they respect it or they don't. But at the end of the day, man, those type of movements, those small little micro little movements like that will be able to help change our nation. Because when you can stand up to the biggest bully and sometimes the biggest bully is in your household and or your family. And we're able to be able to be vocal about that, to be able to be able to stand up on your two feet, whether they're going to write you another big check or be able to help you with your phone bill or not, who gives a rat behind? If you truly learn how to take care of those small battles, man, when you get a chance to see them out there in the, in the real world, it won't be nothing, man. It won't be nothing to help resolve it. That's true, man. Man, uh, appreciate you being on. Uh, you, you now got a, a, a beautiful family. I see, man. Congratulations. I know we hardly don't talk as much, but man, I see the photos and everything and, and hopefully we can link up. You're great. Uh, civic engagement, uh, you know, person, uh, great in member development, man, and just thanks for all you do there. Like, and I was just listening to what you were saying, you know, helping the community and giving back, and you truly are uh, just a beacon of hope for for those people there in Dallas. I really do believe that. Well, thank you so much, man. I have, I definitely have enjoyed, um, you know, being on your show tonight, man, and I, 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 I applaud you for what you're doing out there, um, in Little Rock, man, because. 
dude, you're, you're, you're creating a, a, a medium platform for us to be able to come to the table, man. This yeah, yeah. So thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just love sit. I mean, and I, I look forward to this every week and I try to double up, you know, or get trying to, you know, in that way have, you know, for the next week and the next week and just bring this every week, man, because I, I'll be looking at analytics and stuff. And, you know, there's a small percentage Singapore, Guatemala now opening up uh, first. It was like U.S. and then Canada and started just branching out. So, man, everybody's hearing everybody's stories, whether they're you know, new friends I make or whether they're colleagues, former colleagues or even family, man. It's it's just an honor to, to sit with you guys and just chat. Man, well, thank you so much, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, uh, appreciate, man. And uh, you heard it, uh, TJ Jones in this episode of Be Up this week. Man, you got any final words for the listeners? Man, final words. Love, 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 man. And that's pretty much it. All right, man. Well, uh, take care, man. And we'll be speaking in the near future. Hopefully we can see you in Dallas when this thing kind of calms down with the pandemic. You got it, man. Anytime, brother. Thank you so much. All right. Love, love you, cuz. Yeah, take love care. Love you, too. Later. All right. All right.